Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient to the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Ellenbecker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 in Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building, and also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building across from Winkies. We are now able to service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida as well. Feel free to visit our website at www.ellenbecker.com for more details. If you'd like to put a face with a voice, you can check us out on the webpage as well. You can also tour all of our office locations and get to know more about our education center and other things that we have in our Pewaukee office. My guest today is Melissa Tassetti, and she is the founder of The Savvy Life and author of the international bestseller, Living the Savvy Life. Melissa and I have worked together uh, recently on offering a Savvy Money Habit webinar series to our clients and listeners, as well as uh, have a lot in common around the goal of helping people put some clarity around spending and uh, give some tools on how people can take action and control. Of course, I would be remiss to uh, not mention the way things have been unfolding for all of us out there, all of our listeners, recently with the COVID-19 challenges, as well as the overall economy changes and primarily the stock market correction. Uh, this is a period now where even me recording this webinar, Money Sense radio show today, we have to do things a little bit different. Our offices are closed. People are working from remote locations. Uh, there's so many changes going on and there's so many things that we have lost control of um, in our own lives. And even something as simple as going into work and recording a, a radio show has changed. And so one of the things that I'm really hoping Melissa and I can share with you as listeners today is what can we do? How can we help you get things organized and streamlined? How can we give you tools so that you feel compelled to take action and take control over the things that we can take control of. We know that most of us have no control over this illness. We have no control over the stock market or the economy or, or the stimulus package that might come through. We don't have control over whether our offices are closed or open, what restaurants we can eat at. We don't even have the ability to control what our kids are learning in school these days. And so with all of these moving parts and all of these things that are unsettling to us as, as humans who like to have some control over our, our lives, you know, there are a few things that we can control. And today, one of the things that I wanna talk to you about is how can we control our spending? How can we control our finances? How can we take control of our lives, especially during a period where some of us have a lot more uh, free time to be focusing on these important things? So I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I would like to introduce you to Melissa Tassetti, and we will share uh, a lot of the resources that she provides to her clients. She will help us understand cash flow planning, put some tools in place for us so that we can use this time that we have 
um, with our family and uh, working more remotely to be able to really make some progress in this area. So we'll take a quick break and I'll be excited to introduce Melissa to you in a moment. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And before the break, I briefly introduced my guest, Melissa Tassetti, and she is the founder of a company called The Savvy Life. Uh, I love the name. I love the idea of uh, taking control of our lives and um, developing great money habits. Uh, Melissa works as an outside resource for financial advisors, and she helps work with our clients and the general public on managing finances, on cash flow planning, education around finances, creating good habits, uh, budgeting, which we all prefer to call something, uh, instead of budgeting, we call it a spending plan. Um, but Melissa's really experienced and seasoned in working with individuals uh, from that standpoint. And with everything that's going on in our world today, we have decided that there are a few things we can take control of. And one of them is how we spend our money and how we manage our finances individually and as a family. So, uh, Melissa, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm grateful that you are here today. The timing couldn't be more perfect through such a period of uncertainty to be able to give our listeners something concrete today, I think is gonna be wonderful. So um, why don't you just take a moment and kind of share with us what, what you provide to, to clients and where we want to kind of kick off this topic of taking control of our finances. I'd be happy to. The way that we work as, as, an, as you mentioned, as an outside resource for uh, financial advisors, clients, and also directly, you know, Folks come to our website, they hire us directly. But what we do is we sit down and we take that time to help them to organize and streamline their day-to-day -day finances, which sounds like such an easy, blissful thing to do. But our day-to-day -day financial lives are pretty chaotic in a normal circumstance, <laughs> right? We have so many different currencies that we use to, to buy things, to spend money, to pay our bills. It, that's challenging in itself, let alone just this, the speed at which we, we spend money, the speed at which our lives are lived. It really can be very challenging to manage. And so we go in and we identify where clients can streamline, help them to get organized. And a huge part of what we do is help them to create systems and habits so that managing their day-to-day -day finances doesn't become a full-time job. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Everything come, becomes so much easier because there is a system for it. And then, of course, our ultimate goal is helping the clients in this process, helping clients to really find that balance between through this process of streamlining their spending, we're mining money that they can balance out between their long-term goals like retirement, sending the kids to college, but the things that they want to do right now because you know life should be lived and money should be enjoyed. And that really is a balancing act, right? Taking care of your future self uh, while still doing the things that you want to do now. But that is so challenging to do without a plan. And so that's a long-winded way of saying that we help clients spend smarter. <laughs> 
Well, and it's kind of like in baby steps too. You know, I know that we've gone through some of your webinar series and it's, it's not an overwhelming exercise to take charge of your finances or to put some procedures in place so that you can feel organized and streamlined. And I think that sometimes what happens is people, especially during periods of high stress, like we're all feeling right now, uh, it's, it's very easy to say, I need to get my finances figured out, but it, but it feels overwhelming to take the first step. It's almost like dieting. You know, we know we have to do certain things or exercise. We know we have to exercise, but it's hard to get to that gym the first time, or it's hard to make the phone call, um, you know, the first time to get some support in that. I think that's sometimes how people feel about managing money. And, and, and there's such a strength and an empowerment that goes along with starting to practice these tools and starting to understand them. So maybe you can tell us, maybe we should just start with a few, you know, habits or tools that you think if people really are ready and starting from ground zero and wanting to start to understand and take control, what are the first things uh, that they should do? So I'll give you two different strategies with two different ideas of how those strategies are going to help. So the first strategy I would say for somebody that is, they know that they want to make change, but they're overwhelmed by the idea. And even just sitting down and taking a look at their finances is something that they're not ready to do yet. Uh, and, I, and I understand it can, it really, really can be overwhelming. So then the idea is, okay, if in this moment, I know that I'm spending more and maybe not getting the value out of that spend that I know I should be, right? So we would call that bleeding money. Um, then what's the first thing you can do is, is create a gatekeeper. And we just published an article on this yesterday. It's something that we talk about in the webinars. And the idea of that gatekeeper is simply the process of when you're going to make an out of the ordinary purchase, right? So it's not necessarily groceries or something, a need, right? But something else. Uh, Amazon is a big trigger for, <laughs> Amazon's a big trigger for people in a good, a good situation, a good financial economy. It's, it, I think it's even more challenging now because there's, you know, scientifically, there's a tiny drop of dopamine that hits when you make that purchase, right? It feels good. Something's going to get delivered to your door. Totally get that. But then that you've got that situation where that can be a negative thing if you're trying to shift your spending, right? Be more purposeful. So all a gatekeeper is, is that think of yourself, a little tiny version of yourself, if you will. And you're just, this little tiny version is of yourself is going to ask yourself, for every out of the ordinary purchase that you're going to make, three questions. The first question is, do I need this? Is this something out of the ordinary, but it is actually something I need? Okay, great. The second question, if the answer was no to the first one is, am I madly in love with this? So folks that are familiar with Marie Kondo and her, you know, the joys of tidying up, it's that whole idea that anything that is coming into your house, any clothing item, that is that is not a need it should be something that is going to really just make you very happy right it's it's gonna uh it's gonna greatly enhance your life versus in a couple of weeks it's gonna be clutter sitting in a corner and it's just one more purchase that you randomly made so that's two of the questions but the third question i think is really powerful in this moment that we are in right now and that is is there something else that I already have <laughs> that I really don't need this particular item? And the reason I say that is because, you know, I'm in California, we've been sheltering in place since last Monday. 
And while I wanted to run out and go get a couple of items on my grocery list that you know I, I may have ran out of, instead I really forced myself to take a look around and say, okay, yeah, I don't have a head of cauliflower that I can rice for this particular meal right now, but is there something else that I have that I can use? And the reason I say that is because I, I believe that in this moment, we have an opportunity for some creativity that when we're normally just so busy and so frenetic and, and, and everything is just so easy to buy, we just simply buy it. We don't even think about what else we have when in our closets, in our cupboards, in our freezers, there's so many other things that can be used. Does that make sense about just like we, we have that habit of just buying versus getting creative? I think having a gatekeeper um, to ask us those questions and to just make us aware makes total sense. Awareness is such an important part of making good decisions. And even as a wealth advisor, we often tell our clients, have somebody who can gently and firmly and lovingly hold <laughs> you accountable. Because there's right. a cross between being a gatekeeper and being a police officer. Yes. I'm, I'm okay with the gatekeeper. I don't want a police officer. <laughs> No, I love that you said that because we 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 say all the time when we're when we're talking with clients and when we're talking with financial advisors, we're not the money police. <laughs> that we don't want to be. Our conversations are really we're here to ask questions to get people just to think and become more purposeful in their spending. And that's why again, those are gatekeepers versus you know the um it's just like you said the, the police. It's money is such a funny thing, and we have a tendency to be. Um, hot or cold, yes or no, versus really realizing that every single purchase just needs to be thought through. And it's not a, it's not an automatic yes, it's not an automatic no, it's just that idea of thinking about it and, and making a decision versus being on autopilot. Well, and I think too, as you're working with your family members, trying to help them you know, become more mindful around spending and more purposeful, I, I feel really strongly that having an outside person who can help provide some insight and maybe some oversight uh, and, and hold us all accountable is really helpful. I have, I have several teenagers and young adults and I know how difficult it is as their parents to try and talk about finances or to, to share with them my values on spending. And of mm -hmm. course, my perception is very different than theirs and that's normal and that's healthy and that's what we want. But I, the service that you offer and the webinar series that we have um, used of yours has been so wonderful because it's like bringing that third person in to say things that make sense, but maybe um, you go into it without having that veil of criticism that sometimes I think we go into when we're listening to our parents or our, or our partners. And so I love the idea of putting a gatekeeper in place. I think that we should all have one, not only on our finances, but of course, that's what we're talking about today. So we're going we're gonna to stay away from the other, the other stuff we should have gatekeepers for. But I think that's a really, um, a really great approach. And, and that's a good strategy uh, because, you know, there's, if we can find that one person that has our back, I think it can be really, really helpful. You had said you have another strategy. What's the second strategy? Yeah, so if you are ready to go ahead and sit down, roll up your sleeves and look for areas to make changes. One of the things that we suggest to clients, you know, if you run, have Quicken or QuickBooks or Mint and you've been using that product, that's fantastic. You can go back through and you can look at 
you're spending your expenses, your bills for however long, run that report, great. Most people don't do that. <laughs> and that's, you know, again, we're busy, I get it, but that data of where we have been spending is so incredibly valuable. And so one of the things we often suggest for clients when they're trying to gather their data to for us to sit down and, and review that information is we'll suggest, you know what, why don't you go back to a month like March, not this March, <laughs> this March is nutty, but like, for example, last March, right? For most people, there's no travel, there's no holidays, there's 31 days. It's a, it's a good month. May is sometimes a good month as well, although we've got Memorial Day in there to just get a snapshot of what a typical month might look like as far as spending goes. And just review that information and do it from the perspective of not beating yourself up because that is not helpful at all. Um, but this is data for you to use to do better if that's something that you wanna do. And you're just going to review and you're going to look for bleeds. Uh, we have had clients that have spent, um, realized that they were getting charged um, for things, I worked with an orthopedic surgeon in Washington State, and he didn't realize until we were working together that he was getting charged $200 a month for personal training that he completely forgot to cancel two years ago. He meant to cancel it, he meant to cancel it, he meant to review his credit card statements every month, and it just that time slipped by, and he ended up spending five grand on something that he never got a chance to use. And our perspective, when we look at that five grand is, wow, that could have been a trip to Europe. That could have been an investment for, you know, towards your kid's college, wh whatever that could have been, but that just, that money just disappeared. And so that's an, a bit of an extreme, but we've got the storage units, the subscriptions to different streaming services that perhaps we're just not getting the most value out of. And so that is absolutely positively the first step is to is to shore up your walls and stop those bleeds. And, and we do that a lot with even our clients who are in retirement. We're talking today about getting control of your finances, but there's a whole nother uh, important value around understanding your finances and where the money goes. I have people ask me all the time, you know, how much do I need to retire? And my, my first question, I answer the question with a question and I say, well, how much do you need each month? And most people don't know unless they've been practicing this cash flow management or, um, you know, budgeting, they don't really know what's going out each month. And so I suggest even my clients who have um, no cash flow concerns, who have more coming in than going out, they often don't feel the need to keep track of it. I work with them very closely. We encourage all of our clients to, to keep track of cash flow. And, and I kind of refer to it as budgeting backwards because mm -hmm. I personally don't want to have to guess what I'm gonna spend at, on Amazon or at Starbucks or at the grocery store next month. I'd rather know what I spent. And so we just, you know, we have a great spreadsheet. I know you do as well. We've used your document many times and I'm happy to share that with any of our listeners. Just reach out to me through ellenbecker.com and I will email that to you electronically. But we have a spreadsheet where literally we just put in exactly what comes in each month and exactly what goes out. And then we can start to see some trends. We can start to see, um, you know, right now, most of us are eating a lot more at home. So our grocery bill might be much higher than our dining out bill. Mm -hmm. Our gas bill might be lower this month. My husband has a very fuel efficient car. My car tends to be less fuel efficient. And so we kind of keep track of that stuff. And 
it's really interesting for me to be able to at any given moment say this is what my utility bill was last month or this right. is how much we spent on groceries that that ability to do that provides such a comfort and i don't do it because i need to keep track of every single dollar that's going out i do it because i want to keep track of what i'm spending it will help me when it comes time to making large purchase decisions it will help me when it comes time to retire it will help me if we are ever faced with a financial challenge or a job change or anything like that and it's also modeling that good behavior for the next generation so although we're talking about you know kind of the initial steps of getting started i know you've spoken many times and we've talked about how important it is for every person to be able to keep track of their cash flow and and how that just provides so much more flexibility and strength during retirement during period, periods of asset accumulation and especially during periods of these unknowns where maybe many of our listeners are unsure if they're even going to be able to get to work in the next few weeks. I, I feel very strongly that a spending plan, and we choose that term purposefully, but a spending plan is simply a plan to help you fund the life that you want to live. Because very often we are not able to do things simply because we don't have our arms really wrapped around our, our cash flow. And that spending plan just gives you a clear idea. Look, I want to go on this trip. I want to put more money towards retirement because I want to retire. <laughs> but, I'm, but I feel like I can't do any of those. And so that plan, it puts it all on paper for you and really just gives you a chance to see where you're bleeding. Otherwise, again, you just we trip about our days. And that time goes regardless. So we can use that time and be purposeful around it or we can let it slip. That's perfect. Let's take a quick break. I know I've had several clients jokingly, and I've even maybe said this myself in the last uh, couple weeks of, of sheltering in place, I have said, I, maybe I need to rethink retirement. Spending all this time together under one roof has been a little bit <laughs> challenging, um, but I don't really want to rethink retirement. I want to be prepared for it. So right. uh, let's, let's take a quick break and we will come back and continue our conversation. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Ellenbecker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We also have an office in the village of Whitefish Bay and as well as Bonita Springs, Florida. For those of you who would like to look at our office but are unable to uh, come and visit us right now, you can check us out online at ellenbecker.com and you can take a virtual tour of our office. If you like today's show or you have a friend or family member that you think would enjoy learning more about what we're talking about, you can find all of our podcasts as well as our radio show, both this show and our Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community Show on ellenbecker.com. So check that out. If you'd like to talk with me, you can feel free to uh, email right through the webpage. So uh, my guest today is Melissa Tassetti and she is the founder of The Savvy Life as well as the author of the international bestseller, Living the Savvy Life. We've had an opportunity to work together uh, most recently on talking a lot about money habits and how we can get our information out to not only our listeners, but clients and other people who want to really gain control over their money habits and get a really good understanding of how their finances are organized. And so with all of the uncertainty that we are being faced with today, 
we are trying to add some concrete tools for our listeners to take back to uh, their own process of managing money and give a little bit of control and the ability to take action. So Melissa shared with us the two strategies to uh, kind of launch or catapult us into the process of making wise money decisions. The first one is to have the gatekeeper, and the second one is to have a well thought out and organized spending plan. So Melissa, earlier we talked about doing this in baby steps, and mm -hmm. maybe you can help us put some of those baby steps in place, especially when we talk about the spending plan. My pleasure. One of the things that we've had tremendous success with clients is in easing them into tracking their spending. And the reason that I say it that way is because if I'm working with a new client and I immediately launch into, well, you're going to have to track your spending, then it's like trying to give a cat a bath. I mean, there are four paws on the edge of that bathtub and no matter how hard I push, it's just not going to happen because you, you mentioned it earlier. It's like, you know, dieting. It's, you know, counting calories. It's the last thing that we want to do. But that being said, it is such a powerful habit because without that data, we aren't able to have the information we need to make any changes. We can't evaluate a previous purchase or spend and say, wow, did I really get a tremendous, that was a good buy. I really loved that product or service or yeah, well now I know next time I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> and so for clients that realize that that's something that they want to do, but they're overwhelmed by the idea of starting to use Quicken or you need a budget or anything like that. One of the things that we have them do is simply to pick three to five, no more than that, three to five categories for them to start tracking. So in other words, we just have them start by tracking what they want to change. And that has been incredibly powerful because they can really zero in and dial down, um, focus on those. So uh, the you know top ones, it's always groceries, dining out, uh, entertainment, very often clothes is one of those categories. And so they're simply going to use either everything, they've used anything from like an Excel spreadsheet set up like a check register to an app on their phone like Evernote. Uh, there's a, a great app uh, called Pennies that I'm a big fan of. It's very, very simple to use. Uh, but yeah, it's just, you're just picking a couple of things and tracking those and then you build on that success. And which I'm also a big fan of, a huge fan of baby steps. So it's something, if this is appealing to you, right? This idea of you want to track, but it's just the idea initially is overwhelming. Then, you know, pick, pick one thing to start tracking. And I mean, use a steno pad, anything. It doesn't have to be pretty. Although if it is pretty and it's something you enjoy writing in, <laughs> that'll <laughs> enhance that habit. So it's it should not be punishment. It should be to the best of your ability, create this habit of something that you enjoy doing and want to do. And sometimes if investing $5 in a nice little notebook that you're going to want to keep in your purse or keep with you to do, that's, that's an investment. My term of investment, not yours. <laughs> yes, that's true. If, if, if once you start doing that, and I like the idea of picking just a few things at once because you're right it can be very overwhelming and especially when there's two people in a household managing finances um you know in my family when we were raising kids we sort of divided and conquered we couldn't all do everything so my husband did a lot of the day-to-day -day 
bill paying. I did a lot of the investing. And, and um, so for me to go and kind of dig into his territory and figure out what he's doing might have seemed a little more overwhelming. And so I love the idea of taking baby steps. And I also like the idea of starting with the most challenging piece first, because I think as humans, we tend to do the easy stuff first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, I could tell you what my mortgage is, and I could tell you, you know, what my car payments are and things like that. But it's a lot more challenging to tell you everything I uh, bought that was towards entertainment last month. Um, but right. those are the things that we have control over adjusting. So, so once we, once somebody does that and starts keeping track of that a little bit, and maybe we recognize there's, we're not, we, we don't like the way that we've been spending or that we want to change it. What are some of the tools that our listeners can do once they identify that they want to change their spending in a certain area? It's funny. I don't know if you've had this experience with clients, but there are, there's so many clients I've worked with. They've come to us and they have the habit of tracking their spending, but they never look at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, they, they don't have that next step. They're doing the hardest part, which is tracking their spending. And, the, and, that, and I don't want to say hardest part to make it sound, you know, that it's so challenging. But again, it's that idea of, of implementing and creating that habit. But once you've got that habit, the next piece of that puzzle is to sit down on a regular basis. And we're big fans of doing this on a weekly basis and reviewing that track spending. So if you are, uh, if you're married or partnered with somebody, it is critical that both of you are sitting down and doing this together because we talked about the money police earlier. If one person is doing the tracking and then just trying in the moment when you're at the store or about ready to buy something online and that one person who's doing the tracking is like, no, 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 you can't buy that then they become the money police. They feel like the money police and they're perceived as the money police. And that is so wholly unfair. So if one person's tracking, but you're sitting down and reviewing that information together, then together you are able to make those decisions or be on the same page when those decisions are coming up throughout the week. And so you're simply saying, oh, wow, we way overspent on dining out last week this is an opportunity in the coming week to be able to maybe eat more at home, get better about the leftovers, go maybe to less expensive dining uh, destinations in the, in the coming week. But in sitting down and reviewing that information, that gives you the data that you need to make different decisions. And then I think that this, it is also absolutely imperative as you're doing that, to do that from the perspective of, again, choice and purposefulness rather than fear and frugality. And I just made up that fear and frugality uh, alliteration term just now, and I need to write that down because that's really good. We don't want that. <laughs> no. Well, you right? can see all that happens, and communication is so important, especially around finances. That is one of the most challenging things for families to communicate. And I like that you said do it weekly. Um, I know we have, uh, in my family, we've talked about, and we've consistently done it once a month, where we would go online and we would print out our 401k statements, we would print out our, you know, our bank statements, we would sit down with our cash flow spreadsheet, and we would just spend a few minutes looking at it. And it really got us to talking not only about spending, but about savings. It got us talking about any debt that we had out there, and coming up with some really good plans for what we wanted to spend money on. And, and we would always compare our 401ks and, you know, and look at stuff and just having that information and then learning how to communicate about it, I think is really important. 
Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, and I think when you're doing it weekly, you're just so much more nimble, right? Yes. So it, it yeah. absolutely makes sense to review the 401k statements on all of that on a monthly basis, but just wedging in five minutes of a review on a weekly basis of the actual spending gives you that power to be able to make different decisions. Well, you can modify it much more quickly. Exactly. And yeah. I think that that's really important. Okay, so those are some good baby steps. Do you have any other things that our listeners should uh, put on the docket in terms of um, exercises to try right away? Yeah, I would say <clears throat> there's a lot of people that come to us and they have uh, debt that they want to pay off as quickly as possible, which is absolutely understandable. And my advice for folks that want to go through that, that want to start paying off their debt more aggressively, uh, my advice is the same right now as it is normally. And that is to be very, very careful when you're looking at doing that and to create a plan for paying off that debt um, and balancing that out with ensuring that you are putting money toward an emergency fund at the same time. If you are throwing all of your extra money toward paying off that debt and there's nothing in an emergency fund, then when something comes up, you are going to have no choice but to use those credit cards again. And it just puts you in this terrible loop that can be so frustrating and so demoralizing. So if finding that balance between putting money toward an emergency fund while paying down that debt a little bit, and, and you know what, if it takes you longer to pay down that debt, but you're not having that roller coaster, uh, um, feeling like you're on that roller coaster of having to use those cards again, that is such a powerful way to get there. You get that debt paid off in a much straighter line, even if it's at a little slower pace. I think that's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. So we've talked a little bit about understanding where our money is going, cash flow management, creating a spending plan, um, and then also really understanding debt. And that's an important piece. And I really encourage people to track that monthly as well as tracking what their interest rates are because you know we wanna, there's ways to accomplish paying off your debt while still saving and making sure that you're protected for emergencies but making sure that your debt plan is uh, sound and that you're doing it the right way. So that's a really good thing to, to bring up. Let's take a break. And when we get back, we'll kind of wrap this up, give people some ideas of um, what else they need to think about through this process. But then I also want to share a little bit more about the Savvy Money Habits webinar series that you've been hosting for our clients and that we've made available to our listeners. Because what you're sharing today is such amazing information but we only get a short amount of time and there's so much more that you have and so much more knowledge that goes into the webinar series that if people really want to take control of this, they may want to reach out and see how they can listen to those webinars. So let's take a quick break and we'll return in just a moment. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Julie Ellenbecker, president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And my guest today is Melissa Tassetti. And we are talking about uh, savvy money habits and creating a spending plan and all the things that we think are really, really important as we are able to take control of our finances. Today, uh, with everything that's going on between you know the health health scares and the stock market and the economy and the things that we just have lost a little bit of perspective on and, and control of, we're really trying to help you, our listeners, uh, look into something 
that will help provide clarity, that will help you get your finances organized and streamlined, and will give you kind of a place to take action. So we've spent some time already talking about uh, creating a spending plan and how important that is. Right before break, we brought up debt management and tracking of debt and maybe creating a good plan for paying off debt. The other thing that I'd like to share in the in the a little bit of time that we have left is a webinar series that Ellen Becker Investment Group has subscribed to through um, Savvy, uh, the Savvy Life. And Melissa has been presenting webinars and it's a series that has gone uh, has been really, really valuable for our clients and for their families to listen to. And so much of what we're sharing with you today is just at a high level. It's just at the surface. And if you're interested in, list, in what we've shared and you want to learn more and you want to really implement some of this, either in your life, maybe your adult children or your grandchildren could really benefit from some of these tools, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me at Ellen Becker Investment Group and I can share with you the past webinars that Melissa has presented to our clients, as well as the remaining um, sessions that are coming up in this series. And so Melissa, if you could just take a little bit of time and tell us about the series that we're talking about and you know, share with us, I think we've had, there's seven of them all together. Maybe you could give a quick highlight on each one of them. And then if you're listening and you're interested in learning more, just reach out and we'll happily subscribe you. Happily. Yeah. So the webinar series is just based on the understanding that money affects everything. Uh, it affects where we live, what we eat, what we wear, what we do with our free time. And so effective money management is really about looking at your personal finances from a lifestyle perspective, which is what the series is all about. And so we started back in January with a series, a, a webinar just on money habits. What are the nine money habits to get you that you can implement immediately to get you to start living that savvy life, right? Being purposeful with your money. We then went in and I did a session walking people through how to create their own spending plan, which I think is just, I think that's a powerful session anytime I think right now. <laughs> <laughs> incredibly powerful and just like you said you can send a recording of that session to anybody that is interested and from there we went in and we did a session on savvy travel how do you find more money to travel where do you find those great travel deals perhaps not the most popular topic at this exact moment but normally what <laughs> is gangbusters we'll get back there we will get back there um, the session I just did a, uh, two weeks ago was on, uh, oh my gosh, that was just last week. No, it was two weeks ago on savvy time. And that is really based on the understanding that we have found in our work with clients is that we are so busy. We're going in so many different directions so quickly that money is just bleeding from us. And so it's that correlation of how do you wrap your arms around your time, how do you wrap your arms around your money and enjoy and be purposeful with both of those. What is really kind of fun, one of mine and my business partner's favorite topics is coming up and that is um, on food. <laughs> food is delicious, <laughs> food is family, food is culture. And so the session we're doing next on April 14th is on the Savvy Kitchen. How do you save time, money, and just really enjoy that idea of food rather than being afraid of the what's for dinner question. And then the last two sessions in the series, one is on savvy wardrobe, right? So it's not a fashion 
conversation so much as it is a how do you fill your closet with or build a wardrobe rather than just randomly shopping for clothes? That always tends to be one of the most popular in the entire series. Um, and then the last one is just on shopping in general. How do you be? How do you buy the things that you want to buy and in a in a be purposeful using things like a spending book, using things like a calendar to time your purchases also so that. The things that you typically buy, anything from a car to a barbecue, in timing those purchases, you can buy what you want to buy at the best possible price. And uh, so that that money that you end up saving, you could just spend on other things that you will enjoy so much more. I know that these uh, this webinar series has been very well attended. And we have, after each of the series, you know, we get several people who want this information to share with kind of the next generation. And we often talk about legacy planning and what that means when you know we're talking about financial planning. And legacy planning, from my perspective, and I share this with our clients often, it's not just passing down a monetary inheritance. It is really passing down a legacy on what money means to you, uh, why it's important, what you want it to help you accomplish as a family, and so th this legacy of smart money habits and savvy money habits is really a wonderful legacy for people to pass down to the next generation. It's almost like the, you know, the family recipe. And as we talk about legacy, we want so much for the next generation to, to understand because they will learn your financial legacy, regardless of whether you want them to or you purposefully teach them to. So if you want them to learn a legacy and carry on to the, your children and your grandchildren and future generations about how to do things smart, you talk about how to travel. You're not telling people not to travel. You're talking about how to travel. You're not telling people not to go out to eat or not to enjoy good food, but better how to do it in a way that's smart and efficient and, and guilt-free because when you plan for it, you can mm -hmm. feel so much less guilty. With all of the, the um, staying at home that we've been doing lately, I just said to my husband yesterday, I said, you know, I feel so much less guilty sitting down on the couch and watching TV after we go for a hike than I do before we go for the hike. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, it's not bad to go out to dinner. It's not bad to, you know, enjoy good food. It's not bad to wear beautiful clothes or to feel good in what we're wearing or to travel. Those are all things that are really important and part of our family core values and culture. But the next generation is looking to all of us to see how we're doing it. And if we can do it in a way that's smart and savvy, I think we can um, you know, really pass on those good habits. So I love your, your webinar series. I think it's amazing. And I'm so happy to share it with anybody who wants more information. So the first four uh, in this seven series uh, plan have already taken place. We do have access to the recordings and we're able to share them with you. If you wanna jump on the next three, Savvy Kitchen, Savvy Wardrobe, and Savvy Shopping, we can certainly uh, allow our listeners to do that as well. And Melissa, before we wrap up, do you have one little piece of information that you would like our listeners to hear from you today? My biggest message right now is that idea of instead of falling back and being fearful, um, do what you can right now in this moment to just become, choose to become purposeful. And I know that it may sound like such a funny little thing to, to th that shift between those two things, 
but by becoming purposeful, that's empowering rather than fear where you feel like you don't have control. And so just as you're making those spending decisions, as you're going about and you're reviewing your, your bills, your expenses, anywhere that you want to make change, just think about it from that perspective of being purposeful. And I, I believe that that is just, it's a much better place to be in than, than in fear. And the, it's, the reason I say that and I'm kind of beating it to death right now is because I feel like anytime that we open up a news channel to you know, turn on the news or, or go onto the media, there's just so much fear right now. And so if we can somehow shift that and empower our own selves and our own personal finances, that's a, that's a wonderful place to live. I think that's perfect. Thank you so very much. And for all of our listeners out there, don't forget that Money Sense airs Saturdays from 2 to 3 p.m. and on Sundays from 12 to 1 p.m. As always, we hope that we have made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. And remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Enjoy the rest of your day.